Hello and welcome to When Passion Meets Profit. This is a podcast dedicated to real life stories told by ordinary people. And you know what they did? They discovered their passion and then they learned they could make a very good living, a great living actually, using the talents and skills that they came into this world with. I'm Patricia Noldrain. I'm your host for this podcast. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Mystical Monthly Series. I'm Patricia Noldrain, and this is the When Passion Meets Profit podcast. Today on our Mystical Path, I am having a conversation with Tina Conroy. Now, you know what Tina is? She's the host of the most popular podcast, at least I think she's just like, I'm going to say a movie star, okay? Okay, Never mind, Tina, you'll come on, you can be the movie star. But she has the most popular podcast called The Intuitive Woman. And first of all, I love the name of that podcast. And then wait till you meet Tina, you're going to love her as much as I do. So welcome, Tina, to the show. Oh, thank you, Patricia. I absolutely am delighted and honored to be here with you today. Well, you know, you're one of those people that I follow, that I listen to, that I tell everybody else to listen to. You give one of the best interviews of anybody that I know. And so I thought, this is really going to be fun. I'm not going to, your bio will be in the show notes and it will be on my email that goes out to everybody. But I never do it on the podcast on purpose because I really like people to talk about themselves what they were like when they were small. And I noticed that you do that same thing on yours because you get so much out of a person, don't you? I do. I, I love when people speak about their childhood yes. and just go back and bring us up to the present moment because we all have this history that is so, so rich. And yep. I, I love bringing people back in time. I do too. So I'm going to say I want a, a description of you when you were a little girl, maybe the first grade, if that's the first time you can remember. But especially, Tina, since our title is about intuition today, uh, I really want to know if you felt stuff like that when you were a little girl. So go ahead, tell us your story. Absolutely. So first grade, and I'll just tell you because I am, which I didn't know the term then, I am very clairvoyant. So I see a lot in my mind. Uh, in the mind's eye and seeing. And so as soon as you just said first grade, I went to Catholic school most of my life. And in first grade, specifically, I had a, a nun as a teacher. And I was not the best of student. I really did struggle in school. I was, I guess what they would call younger for my grade. My, my parents pushed me ahead. And so I struggled, especially in math. First grade, I remember being, you know, in the little jumper and Catholic uniform. And I remember just not getting that math problems correct. And those were the days where, unfortunately, it was Sister Mary Teresa. And mm -hmm. she was in full habit, which in later years, that kind of fell away. And I remember her, you know, smacking my knuckles with that ruler. And, you know, that's not the best of memory in first grade. But that's what I remember in first grade, feeling not smart enough, not good enough, and really scared that I'm not going to get it right. So I remember school being a struggle in first grade, and I remember trying to be better. And it kind of carried out in different ways. And, and you know, we'll kind of get through that. But it was, you know, that not good enough kind of thing. But, you know, as a child, I grew up as a pretty regular child. I was the oldest. My sister's two years younger than me. And fun fact, I was born in Washington, D.C., which is kind of funny because it's if you ever look on anything that you have to sign up for, 
you never find it as a state. You have to make sure you find it's District of Columbia. Mm-hmm. And so I was born in Washington, D.C., but we lived in Virginia. So that was a little fun fact right over the bridge. But I had a pretty, pretty normal childhood. Play with my sister. I was really one of these kids, though, that was always playing makeup, like makeup things. We played in outside a lot. And I was always creating stories. We would be, I remember when the bionic woman was a big thing and I was a bionic woman. And I remember having everybody to have certain parts like in a play. I was very theatrical, you know, very imaginary. I can't say that I ever had imaginary friends, but we were always playing something. We played church, my sister and I, that was a big thing. We loved mm-hmm. playing church. So <laughs> I kind of chuckle. We would take, you know, Wonder Bread and smash it down and play the host and say, may peace be with you. I mean, how silly is that? But we would literally play out these lives in and very, very magical, very imaginary, you know, playing outside. We grew up in a an area. We had a lot of land and, you know, stayed outside, you know, until the until like the sun went down. But then I think I was just used. I was always in my mind, you know, it was always very imaginary. My dreams as I got older, it it became very clear to me that I guess I just had a knowingness, but I don't think I knew what that was. Mm-hmm. And I think the knowingness kept happening, you know, as I get older, as I went to grade school, then I kind of went to middle school and then it was high school. And even with high school and your normal high school time, it's crazy time. There was this intuitive kind of feeling of people I knew that I liked and people I didn't like, and this might happen. But when I look back on now, I can see all the pieces coming together. Mm-hmm. But the actual part of maybe more and more intuitive really started clicking when I was more preteen. And I always felt that somebody was with me. I had a hard time sleeping and I felt a presence and uh, it didn't feel good. And, and I don't think, again, it was bad, but it, it my, in my brain, you know, being brought up Catholic and here in my, my room doing homework, it was like I kept looking around. I turn around the shoulder. Oh. There's something behind me. There's something behind me. And so I always felt this presence And I was always afraid. I was always Mm -hmm. afraid of the dark. I was always afraid of that. And that stayed with me a long time. I had some strange, I guess they would call um, interesting experiences. You know, things would like kind of move in my room and my mother would say, oh, no, no. And TVs would turn on and off and oh, no, no. Like everything had an answer. So I just believed her. But those were short lived. And then you kind of go through you know, your high school days and you're trying to fit in. And I was a cheerleader and all those things went away to college. So I, I think I had a pretty normal life, you know, but those things kind of were, when I look back now, they were all pieces of the puzzle. Yeah, interestingly. Well, all clues. And, and I'm wondering, you know, when you say you felt a presence, even at that young age, somebody's behind you and it's scary. It doesn't make you feel good. And also you saw things moving in your room and you had this knowingness. Now, is all of that, I'm just asking you this because I really don't know the answer. Is all of that connected with you being clairvoyant? Well, what I would say, and this is by my experience, is that spirit or greater force was really just trying to get my attention. I don't believe really in any way that there was any fear involved. And it was just trying to get my attention because I was so open and I was so available, but I wasn't available enough to kind of let it in. I didn't really have that ability to say, oh, this isn't scary. This isn't bad. This isn't the devil or whatever. And, you know, what is this? And let's, let's look at this. It was sort of just very black and white. So I think 
I think, well, what I would say is most children and adults, we have this, but as we kind of grow into, they say certain ages, we are conditioned that we, we kind of lose that intuition or we don't trust it so much, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I don't think, and I don't think I was more special than anybody else. I just think that I, I had experiences that I didn't understand and, Mm -hmm. and no fault to my parents, but they probably didn't understand it either. So they would have been like, oh, you know, go back to bed, you know, you're fine, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Well, it's such a brand new area for me also. uh, And I'm just loving to uncover it because it's just, it's making me so happy talking to the mystical people like yourself. And so what is your passion? What did you finally realize your passion is and how did you discover it? And what age did you discover it? Oh, yeah. So, you know, I I took a little journey, um, but my passion started, well, I would say my passion now, and I would say, you know, my passion now is, is truly helping women. I, I truly work majority with women, working with women to know that they, there is something bigger and greater, that they have, you know, a higher source to know that they are intuitive and they can use that intuition for so many things in their life, their daily life. And so my passion is to let women know that we have this source within us and it's not outside of us. It's for everybody. It's not just for the select few. I think when we, and what I love about it, I'm so passionate and I love talking about intuition because it's fun and mm-hmm. it's, it makes life more enjoyable. It also is, you know, more recognized more and more as another sense and for so long, it, it hasn't been. But to develop it, it's 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 like magic, you know, but it's there. It's there for everybody. And it's not this such a woo-woo thing. We majority of people have what's the knowingness of knowing certain things that they should or shouldn't do. They may not listen, but over time, they start practicing that. That's a big one, the claircognant. Most people are have all that knowing. And then it's also developing all those other ones and listening and understanding and trusting. I think trust is the big one because what I say to anybody who's kind of starting or wanting to develop their intuition, it's already there. Just suspend disbelief because so many people say, well, I don't know. And I'm like, suspend, you know, suspend it so that you can really enjoy it instead of questioning everything because the mind will come in and the ego will want to change it all around. But yeah, I'm passionate for working with women, knowing they're enough. That's important part, knowing they're enough and letting them tap into their own intuition to make their life really purposeful and enjoyable. That's a beautiful answer. Now, how how did you finally, because this is really a big thing for most of us, how did you whittle down to intuition? Because I know you love meditation because I hear that on your podcast. And I know that you love all kinds of things with breathing and all of the things that that go along with being a mystical person like you are. How did you narrow it down to that? Well, I I think what happened is that as I was going through my journey of yoga and the Reiki energy healing and 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 working with people and you know I work with the angels, I didn't like the word psychic. (laughs) This is the truth. I I didn't like the word psychic in the Mm -hmm. beginning, Mm -hmm. and I felt like it had a negative connotation. I don't feel like that now, but. And so I wanted to be able to connect more with my intuition and then have others connect with it. And it's, and for me, even though intuition and psychic, I actually have a differentiate the term. I just got so invested in it. I wanted to know more. I wanted to learn more. It just lit me up. 
And so everything I did, it's part of the underlying part of it. You know, intuition can play into the meditation, into working with crystals, into yoga. You know, it's, it's part of us. It's a sense. It's like, it's like your arm, your leg, it's your breathing. Yeah, I just, and then I wanted people to know that they could develop it. I think that was the biggest hurdle because I had so many women that said, well, I don't have that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And let's, let's get there and let's, let's, let's explore it. And let's, let's use that muscle. And if you look into history of intuition, you know, and the success of people, you know, people that use their intuition and trust their intuition are happier people. And, and it doesn't matter what walk of life they are. It doesn't mean that necessarily they're millionaires. It's just that they're abundant. They're abundant in wealth of mm-hmm. information and they're abundant that they're seeing the world in a different way. Yeah, you really you really described that beautifully because now I understand completely intuition covers all the things that you're talking about from Reiki to crystals to all of those things that people get into, but you just didn't want to be called a psychic and because of the negative connotation. And quite honestly, now I don't know, we should probably have people comment on that. Do you feel the word psychic is still negative? Do you still feel it is, Tina? You know what? I think people do have a bit of a negative tone to yeah, it. Yeah, I think um, I do too. Yeah. And and what I would say is, and I this has been, you know, I mentored with a beautiful medium. Her name is Medium Fleur. Uh, she's in Portugal. And um, I love the way she explained intuition and psychic. And it makes so much sense to me. She's like, intuition is for ourselves. These are the things that we ourselves go through in life. You know, things we know for, for us. Psychic is when we're picking up information for others. And mm. I don't know why the word psychic got like a dirty word, but I still think we're still, I think we're coming out of it. You know, I do for a long time, I would say intuitive medium or intuitive. And then I had psychic medium, you know, I think I'm now spiritual medium, you know, because psychic sometimes can be, it has like this fortune teller kind of feel mm. or predicting the future. And when I do, you know, an intuitive air quote or psychic reading, what I do, it's not really about predicting the future. It's giving guidance. And that's what intuition is about. Guidance, guidance, mm-hmm. guidance. Now, I know, Tina, you created an entire business model around what, what it is you do, all of your wonderful gifts. But was it hard to know how to even charge to work with you? I mean, because you probably just started from scratch doing a reading. I don't know. Is that mm-hmm. how it happened? It did. So I started doing, I used to start, you know, readings like in the basement, you know, with my friends. And I, of course, didn't charge and know what to charge. And then when it started to become part of my, what else, other things I did, you know, again, Patricia, I think for me, I started out in the yoga world. So first, when you, when I learned yoga, and I was, I was much younger when I did yoga, I thought, oh my gosh, I love this. Like, how could I have a charge for this? You know? And then, um, so I think what happened is, I think the conversation, which is important for the listeners to know, is any spiritual practice, it tends to be, especially for women, I mean, I hate to say that, but it's like the spiritual practice is so beautiful, you know, like Reiki, like yoga, like readings, that how could you charge for it? And I am such a, I'm so adamant about that this is, they're not, necessarily a gift. Yes, they're a gift, but we all have gifts. But we are helping people just like anybody else. So why does this have to look like we can't charge? So I went through a very big awakening in the business world of saying, what am I worth? And 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 so forth. So there was a little bit of 
difficulty in the beginning just to what do I charge? And, you know, is it this? Is it that? And then over time, even even when I was talking about Reiki, you know, even some people were giving Reiki away for free, like some people are giving yoga away for free. And I think it went back to that little girl that I am good enough. And this is my passion. And I am here to help others and now teach. And now I teach others. And so we are worthy of what we what we do. And to be responsible for that, because if we're going to create a spiritual business and we're going to uphold and do the work and do the spiritual business, then we need to also uphold the standard to it. And so I think in the beginning, I did see what other people were doing, because I think you do need to see what's kind of out there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning, you know, it's like, oh, my goodness, can I charge $20? And then, you know, okay, now it's $50, you know, and and. Little by little. And then and then you just really sometimes have to believe in yourself, really, and do it scared. (laughs) You know, like Mm -hmm. it's sometimes I remember putting together a pretty big program. I was doing a it was a 90 day program with me, the intuitive women program. I don't have it at the moment. And it was 90 days. Um, You could do it anywhere in the world. And I remember that program was, you know, 2497. I remember that number. And I remember, and I, you know, of course, I have gotten some help. I will say I had some business coaches along the way. Absolutely. And I believe in investing in myself 100%. And that's where I grew to having those people to support me and investing in my personal growth and development which that I will always do. And I remember putting this program together thinking, oh, my goodness, I knew the value and I and I knew it was worth it. But but would somebody pay it, you know? And you just, you just do it and you just try. And let me tell you, I had some beautiful, amazing women go through those programs, spent beautiful 90 days with them, big transformation, huge transformation. And a lot of healing went, went through those programs. So you just listen and you trust and you lean in. And sometimes it's, you can't wait. You just can't wait either. I think if you wait for the perfect time or the perfect this, or the, I need more, Oh, and I just thought of another thing that's important, Patricia. The other thing I find too is there's so many people in the spiritual business. I need another class. Let me take another class. Let me take another class. Mm-hmm. I don't feel ready. I don't feel ready. And I say to so many of my students, no, you're ready now. Because if you keep, you know, at some point, if you keep taking the classes, it's good to develop. But if you just keep taking them to hide because you're not ready, when will you be ready? There'll always be another time that you're not ready. You know, I see that a lot too. Mm -hmm. Very true. And, you know, I talk to so many people like yourself, because when you really have a gift like you do, uh, and one that's unexplainable, people, you know, there's no logic to it, or you can't explain it or anything. uh, It is the most difficult thing to think about how to charge. And I even had a girl on that said, my grandmother said, if I charged that she would roll over in her grave. Now, that's a terrible thing to leave somebody with because you do still have to make a living. You still have to buy bread. And if your gift is how to be an intuitive, then for heaven's sake, you have to learn to charge. My favorite thing you said is do it scared. I think that's you should make posters out of that. But one thing, Tina, that I wanted to come back to is our title is called Develop Your Intuition. Now, I have a pen in my hand and paper, and I'm going Mm -hmm. to listen to you very, very intensely now to tell me how to develop my intuition. I'm really enjoying this episode. 
But you know what? I wanted to take a moment to talk to you, especially to you if you're ready to take this one precious life that we've all been given, but you're ready to take it seriously. If that's you, then pay attention. You know, I'm, I owned an executive recruiting firm in Phoenix, Arizona. Oh my gosh, for years. And I interviewed hundreds, maybe even thousands of people during that time. And I was asked the same two questions over and over. One, what should I be when I grow up, Patricia? And then they'd just look at me and say, I know I, I'm older now, but I'm so nervous now. It was so sad to me. And then the next question, Patricia, I need to find a niche. I need to specialize. Do you think you could help me? And the answer is, yes, I can help. Because it's very sad to me that our school system can never help us with this very important piece of our life. That's called our career. They have to do other things. But I knew that I could help. So I started doing workshops and books and counseling. And guess what? I discovered that people didn't want to do it the way I thought it should be done. Here's what they wanted. They wanted four things as I started working with them. They wanted to do it on their own terms, on their own time, when they wanted to do it. I call that SPL, where you learn it at your own pace, self-paced learning. Number two, they really wanted a community of like-minded people, people that have been where they are, challenged with what they have, and then also got a result. Well, guess what? I started a Facebook group, and it's free, called When Passion Meets Profit. Number three, they were ready to invest, but you know what? They said, nope, only to a certain point. I will not invest in myself if it's not affordable. Okay, check. Number four, they wanted to see a difference. At the end of a program, they wanted to see a difference, a result. Check. Guess what? I met all four of those requirements. I created a program called Your Gift is Your Niche. It's downloadable so you can do it at your own pace. So go to Your Gift is Your Niche, N-I-C-H-E dot com. And I want you to read about that and see if it resonates with you. And, and really move fast on this because this is your life. Remember, this one precious life that you're given. And I, for just a short time, I decided maybe, and maybe I'll continue it forever. I really see that it's helpful. I want to create office hours. Once a week, I want to come on live with each one of you. You can ask as many questions as you want. You can literally come on and say, this worked for me. Who knows what you'll say? We all need the tools and techniques. We need to be asked the right questions. And that's what this course is about. So if you're really ready to start maybe a full-time business of your own, I don't know. Maybe you're ready to start a side business alongside your career, but you do know that you're ready to find your passion and you're ready to make a profit with it. Then your gift is your niche is your answer. Let's get back to the podcast. So to develop your intuition, the first thing is a want. This is, this is important. So you already have that. It's the desire and the want to do it. This is more important, I think, than anybody understands. There are people that have no care and they don't mm, desire to yeah. do that. So that's number one, having the want to develop it. Number two is to, and there's so many, I mean, it, it, but number two would be aware of just your every day. So, so what I would say is first we need to see what intuition speaks and how intuition speaks to Patricia, because intuition is going to be different perhaps for me than it is for you. So we would do an inventory and say, okay, Patricia, in your normal day, 
um, you know, we go through what they call the Claire's, you know, just in your normal day, what, how do you see things? How do you see the world? You know, what are, when you look at something, do you really notice the details? And we would kind of break it down by just seeing like you as a person, how do you just, how do you, how do you navigate life? Because you may be more of a visual person, right? You may be more of an auditorial person. You may be more of a feeler, right? And so once we kind of know that, and we only know that by your day to day, like I'm not even talking like any woo stuff. Like, so I kind of would ask you, Patricia, when you meet somebody, what stands out to you? If, if you're meeting somebody for the first time, what stands out to you? Yeah, it's never been for me a visual, I guess. It's always been an audio, you know, so it's what they say and how they say it and how they're speaking. And what, I mean, what their message is as they're talking, because I really listen to people and I listen to them as, as intensely as a person can. I think they're always shocked that I listen so deeply that I'm, I'm asking a question right after. So is that Claire audio? Yes. So that would okay. be Claire audience. So audience. probably, yeah, Claire audience or Claire audience. The fact that you even podcast is a Claire audience feature. So oh. listening intently and speaking, speaking and listening. So that being said, just that little nugget that you just told me, I would say then that may be, we all work, all our senses work together. You know, all the Claire's work together. But if auditory or Claire audience is one of your strongest, and let's just say for sake of argument, it is, then how do you process different sounds? How do you process different thoughts that come into your mind, right? And so are, you know, are you a person that there's certain sounds that are very pleasant to you or there are sounds that are very shrieking to you? You know, like, are you a person that when the, you know, fire trucks go down, you hold your ears or do you, do you like loud music? And so what I'm getting at is how would you receive messages then, you know? And mm. so we would kind of work that way. And then maybe for a week or two, I love this, you know, it's very simple. Anyone can do it. Take a little notebook and kind of notice all the sounds around you all the time. What we're doing is we're kind of asking our ears and asking that sense to really heighten mm. um, so that you can be in tune with different things that you hear. And then that can be interpreted as signs that can be interpreted as different things you do, things like that. And then we kind of break it down. I mean, it's, you know, so we would start with that. And then we kind of, what is intuition in your day? What are different things? You know, we also put exercises. I kind of work where, you know, you would ask different ones. I'm using one for, let's see, there might be one where, okay, you're going to go somewhere. And how many people do you think you're going to meet today? You're going somewhere and, you know, you say four. So you're kind of always like projecting ahead. And these are exercises, just developing it, developing it and listening. You know, I do believe that meditation is very important in the intuitive process. But what I would say is don't get too caught up in it because not everybody's going to meditate the same way. And meditation has a tough word around it. But stilling the mind a little bit, listening to that inner chatter and noticing intuition is never going to talk to you negatively, by the way. Mm. Intuition is always going to talk to you in your voice. And it's not going to be negative. It's never going to go, oh, Patricia, you shouldn't have been eating that cookie. That's not your intuition. That's mm. your ego or something else. 
So intuition is going to come in with guidance. It's going to come in with, it's helping you out. Think of it as like a favorite friend, something like that. Well, that's a really good thing to know because I I really would never have known that. And I also would not have known what you asked me, that question, what do you do when you meet somebody for the first time? Because I bet there's a lot of people that are really studying that person's face and looking at what they have on and and wondering what they're going to say next and all those kinds of things. True? Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So some people are more visual. So they'll be looking, you know, make it, you know, really notice someone's features mm-hmm. or their clothing, mm-hmm. you know. Also the things that people are passionate about, you know, if people are musicians or artists or or something like that, or perhaps people are, you know, accountants. I mean, really, you know, we kind of get pulled into areas for good or for bad, you know, and and it, it's interesting how we're good at certain things. Like mm-hmm. I can't put a pen to paper. I mean, I can put a pen to paper. I can't put like a color, you know, for, for the mm-hmm. life of me. I'm a stick figure person. Oh, yeah. But there's other people that can pick up a guitar and just strum it along and make music. Yep. So we're all creative beings, but we're creative in different ways. You know, I, I know you're creative just by doing the podcast and pulling this together and seeing the seeing the big picture. You know, that's a creative person of being able to kind of put something together and how we want it and construct it and, you know, but it's all, it's all part of our makeup. So we're all made up differently, of course. And then it's kind of honing in, you know, really kind of honing in. But what I would say is have everybody take the simplest thing to do is take a little notebook and carry it with you. And I call it my intuitive hits journal. And um, I do it even to today. Uh, It's funny, I pulled out one of my uh, journals today and just things that are coming up for you that maybe you may not even realize is intuition, you know? Like, for example, here's one. Yesterday morning, before I taught my yoga class, I teach two yoga classes a week now, just two. And I really wanted to connect with this one student. I wanted to ask her a couple of questions. So right away, she popped in my head. And I thought to myself, oh, I, I hope she comes to class. I'm going to say, oh, I really want her to be in class today. And sure enough, she showed up to class and she hadn't been in class for a couple of weeks. And I was like, afterwards, I said, oh, you know, I summoned you here. Ha ha ha. We had a little chuckle. But sure enough, you know, it was like I sent that energy out and so forth. And so you just start to kind of notice that. And then I kind of wrote that down. You know, I do that little inventory and I'll say, oh, you know, I really wanted to see so and so. And I and there she was by me writing it down. It's validating it and it's giving my myself and my intuition something to say. Ding, 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 you know? So it's interesting to do that and write it and then have that validation. And there is something about writing it. Some people will say, oh, yeah, I noticed it. But if you don't write it down, then you don't really can validate it. So the writing down is extremely important. Yeah, I really like that notebook idea. That's a great idea forever to do, you know? Okay, now I want to go back to that little girl, the girl that, and I think she was Sister Mary Teresa, was she? Yes, mm-hmm. she was. <laughs> my, oh my. My, my nun was Sister Mary Victor, uh-huh, because she told me I should never write, and I've written 14 books now, and it just makes me crazy because if I would have believed her, I would have sat in a corner and twiddled my thumbs, you know, so, so back to Sister Mary Teresa, and what would you say now, just advice you'd give to that little girl that's in the class with Sister Mary Teresa? I would say you're enough. You're enough by just who you are. And you don't have to prove anything. Yeah. 
Isn't yeah. that the truth? You could, I mean, <laughs> not, that you could have carried through for the rest of your life for sure. Where do people get in touch with you, Tina, before I get into the golden nuggets that I got out of our conversation today? Oh, absolutely. So my website is pretty simple. It's just my name, tinaconroy.com. I love hanging out on Instagram and I'm at The Intuitive Woman. Also the podcast, The Intuitive Woman and Facebook. Kept it pretty easy, The Intuitive Woman. So you can find me there. I jump on and do some lives, uh, live readings uh, on Instagram and my stories are a fun place to hang out with me. And uh, I do have a private Facebook group and it's growing every year. Um, Beautiful members and it's The Intuitive Woman Facebook group. It is a private group. A couple questions to get in. Just, you know, we talk about spiritual topics and, you know, I've had it for a while and it's it's dear to my heart. Well, that's great. I just can tell everybody, you have to go listen to this podcast because it's just brilliantly done. And, and as you hear by Tina's voice, I mean, she has that gift with the voice also. It's just this velvet voice. Well, Tina, I'm going to give the golden nuggets now that I got out of today. And I'm looking here and there's eight of them. So number one, and funny thing is you started with this and you ended with this. You are good enough at any age in life. So you even told your little girl way back then, just keep saying to yourself, you're good enough. You're good enough. Because today, don't you think it's so sad that we meet people that are 50 and 60 and they don't think so? I do. I'm sure it happens to you all the time also. Yep. Yep. And number two. We have a source within us. You have to recognize that because there are things bigger and better than us. Number three, do what lights you up. I love when you said that because that's really a, that's a clue in life. Number four, intuition is for ourselves. Psychics are is information for others. Number five, when you love something, it's okay to charge for it because then it has value. Number six, free doesn't seem to help. Do it scared. (laughs) Charge scared. (laughs) I love that. Number seven, self-awareness is key. I really picked that up from you the whole time that you were talking, Tina, is just keep, you know, just like you said, take the notebook, walk around. Do you like audio more than you? I mean, just self-awareness. And then number eight, intuition. Now, this was my favorite one, by the way. Intuition will never speak negatively to you. It's not that mean little girl in you that's coming up that says, are you really going to wear that? You kind of look fat today. That's not your intuition, right? Absolutely, it's not. Oh, yeah. (laughs) See, and I would have said, I would have not until I talked to you thought that that was part of it. But good for you. I just loved our conversation, Tina. You are so brilliant, such a brilliant girl. And I love the fact that it takes time. And I wanted everybody to really recognize that on this call in particular that it takes time to discover your passion. And then it takes time to whittle it down and takes time to learn how to charge. And it's just, it's all of that. And and I think so many people think that they get so upset because they don't know their purpose and their calling and they're 20 years old and they're, they just don't know what to do next. But it takes time, doesn't it? It does take time. And you know what? As it takes time, there's turns along the way, there's mm-hmm. bumps, there's valleys, there's mountains, there's gullies. And we just keep trusting and stepping in. I think that's important too. I think we are all spiritual people when we can trust that there is a bigger plan, a higher plan, a divine plan, and that we can keep stepping in and have that faith. That's, that's important. That's important. I need you to stop talking because that were four more 
golden nuggets right there. <laughs> and I didn't get them down. <laughs> so and thank you, Tina Conroy, for being with me today. And and thank you, everybody, for listening. And until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain, and you're on When Passion Meets Profit. Thank you so much, Patricia. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Thank you for your time. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating and reviewing. It really helps us. And it helps us to know that you're there listening to it, that it's helpful to you. If you want more, you want to go beyond this podcast, guess what? We have a Facebook community just waiting for you to join. It's called When Passion Meets Profit. Until we meet again, it's Patricia Noel Drain. <laughs>